Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson Killar jag så bra som mig Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores! Yes, welcome everybody to the second half of the January 1st, 2023 rendition of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast. It's a new year, and with that, we're going to take a new perspective on how to be successful in your fantasy leagues. We've been going through half of the teams in the league with myself, Elon Dubrowski, and my very good friend and my co-host, Brian Com. We just went through LA, which means we're on to M, and we're super excited to go through all the fantasy-relevant news and notes from all the M teams down to W. Brian, how are you doing halfway through this mega episode? I'm good. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling rejuvenated and ready to ready to go as I try to get myself worked up into that uh, mindset at the start of the last episode. But this is huge news. I don't know if anyone see, has seen this yet on Uh-oh. gamedaytweets.com. I haven't. Um, there was some, some news earlier about Petrie. A correction's been made. So this is huge. Uh, to clarify, Petrie, when he came out to skate... He came out just for the team photo, okay. but he didn't participate in the in the practice session. He he watched from the bench, and then after that, he rejoined the team for the family skate. Why well, are you making fun of Sham saying he retweeted non news? No, no, this this is not at all like on Shams or game day tweets. This is like just funny that this is the information that we need from. Uh, well, no, Penn's, I guess it's because Penn's before they scoop. tweeted, before they tweeted that Petrie was skating, and so it was probably like, oh, the, yeah, it was Jeff Petrie. Yeah, I guess I should have led with Pe- Je- the the first update was Jeff Petrie is skating with his teammates for the first time since December 10th when he when he was hurt, and then the correction is, well, he came up for the photo, then he went to sit down, and then he came out with his family, <laughs> and like that's all. Well, no it's more. nice to know that he's not like infirmed, like he's able to skate, so that's good. Uh, but and you, but you know that this means that he's probably going to be na on Yahoo for the next four. <laughs> days while they sort out what this is all meant all right so in that case let's just jump to p then and let's go to pittsburgh quickly since you already brought him up uh because chris letang is also injured right now he's injured again day to day with a lower body injury uh day to day right so hopefully but we've seen in the past letang be day to day for like two months so hopefully it's not one of those in the meantime with petrie and letang both out ty smith remember ty smith this like prospect from New Jersey. Of course that, I do. He was supposed to be so good. Anyways, he finally played his first game of the year. He got called up from the minors. After, it was like a shock when he didn't even make the team, right? He got traded for uh, John Marino. But anyway, Ty Smith came up. He played on the top power play. He didn't get a point, unfortunately, in this 4-2 loss to his former team, the Devils. But Ty Smith, hey, played 22 minutes and 14 seconds, had four shots. Not so bad, right? So any thought, like, any interest in Ty Smith while Latang and Petrie are both out? Or like, obviously, if you add him, the risk is that he could be like scratched in any game. You know, he clearly hasn't like earned a permanent roster spot. But hey, a top power play guy on Pittsburgh, that's always something we should be interested in, right? Yeah. And well, there was even comments that like he might not even make it into the lineup if Mark Friedman was healthy enough to play or like some some, you know, other guy who we barely know is like, oh, well, he might. And then Ty Smith gets into the game, plays like 10 minutes on the top power play. Oh, okay. So I'm I I would love to see another game. I'm thinking of a spec ad on Ty Smith. I have Latang on my IR. I have Petrie on my IR. I might as well keep collecting the set and add Ty Smith. Of course, the downside is I burn a move and he is scratched like the downside for ty smith is huge but it's really interesting that he barely snuck into the lineup but when he did they're like yeah he could be the best guy to run our power play and he seemed to hold the job through the game um so i would definitely have him on your watch list and if you have like free ads and you have a hole on defense i have three my one healthy defenseman right now elon luke shen well, okay. Petrie, Latang, and theodore on <laughs> my ir uh i might take a look at ty smith yeah, well, the trick is to grab low-level defensemen like Pareko and Brady Shea. Then you could have three healthy defensemen like my couple team. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if Pittsburgh might go five forwards too. Like that could be another consideration. Yeah, well, I'm sure Brian Rust would be excited about that, and anyone who has <laughs> yeah. him. Uh, though Pittsburgh's like uh, they've been cold lately, right? That top line of Gensel, Crosby, and Raquel all like super cold. We had a question from Joe Bimbler from our Discord, who I think is in the chat here. There is a Joe in the chat here. It's probably Joe Bimbler. Uh, he's like, "Are you guys talking about Gensel at all tonight?" Yes, we are 
right now. Shot volume has been absurdly low. And if you take away the empty net goals, he's pacing for a very poor scoring season. Brian, what's our concern level with Jake Gensel and how cold that top line has been overall? Well, I'm pretty concerned that Jake Gensel has a single shot in each of his last four games and is goalless in six. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe this means Crosby's taking all the shots. And no, Crosby has just nine shots in his last five games. So I, uh, I don't know, Elon. This is a this is a weird situation. I don't think we've ever seen Jake Gensel stop shooting for this long. Like this is someone who routinely puts up four, five, six shots in a game, and uh, we're unfortunately not seeing that from Jake Gensel and Crosby. We're not seeing like he's not supposed to take a ton of shots on net. But you'd think if Gensel's not shooting, maybe Crosby takes a couple more. Haven't seen that, and well, Raquel is Raquel's along for the ride, right? I don't think he's going to be the one who's running the show here. So uh, if anybody else happens to know what's going on, and if you have Jake Gensel, this is just a moment to, uh, you know, when we saw Oliver Bjorkstrand and Logan Couture stop shooting in the past, like, oh, oh, like is this is this an injury that they're playing through? That's uh, that's the sort of worry that I'd have at this moment about Jake Gensel. So uh, a, a situation to monitor closely for anybody who has Gensel, not. I don't know how much you can do about it, but at least you you can know that something is is amiss. And by the way, for speaking of people who watch the Penguins, uh, Norm in the chat, big Pens fan, resident Pens knower in our Discord server, he mentioned in the chat that he wouldn't be surprised if Pierre Olivier Joseph gets a shot at running the top unit if Ty Smith doesn't work out. It depends on how long Latang is gone. Uh, but the latest says Latang is day to day, so who knows? All of this could be moot. Yeah, I'll just throw it out there. Like, yeah, obviously, if Gensel is actually secretly injured, then that stinks. And everything I'm about to say is totally wrong. But like, I have a lot of faith in Jake Gensel. Like, he's uh, earned a lot of rope for me. So if anything, I'd say now's a good time to try to trade for him. If someone is nervous about him, I, like, this could blow up in your face. But if you're going to, like, buy in on someone who's on, like, a super cold streak with no shots and all these flags that Brian brought up, like, Gensel's probably one of those guys that I'd be willing to do that for. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. By the way, the Joe in the chat is not that Joe wasn't joe bimbler oh, i'm glad you clarified yeah okay all right let's go to minnesota now uh, but we still appreciate this joe in the chat hi let us know which joe you are uh because this is only a perk for patrons right so all the people in this chat are patrons of keeping carlson so that means we know you joe but just your name is joe here so what am i supposed to do okay minnesota nothing new to say in minnesota they're kind of like dallas like they've had the same lines forever it's going fine. Like Ryan Hartman came back from injury that time and we spent a lot of time talking about him and, you know, was he going to bump Sam Steele from the top line? Turns out he didn't. Sam Steele's sticking on that line. Hartman, for what it's worth, from his line, had two goals and five shots in the win over St. Louis. So that's nice to see. But I don't think I have a question for you about Minnesota, Brian. I think we could just move on here unless you have a, a hot, wild take you want to throw at us. Uh, uh, a hot, well, I just, I, I'm just laughing at a hot wild take could be taken works on so many levels. Um, no, my only wild take is that I liked yours on the stream scheme, which is not to give up on Sam Steele. Uh, he seems to be doing a great job on the top line. Hartman's been back, hasn't taken the job back from Sam Steele. So for anyone who's listened, I, I might be repeating too much here. Well, we already but, told people that they could, uh, yeah, they should listen to that first. So you're not spoiling at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm echoing, I'm reiterating mm -hmm. Sam Steele, not, not dead to you. Yeah. As long as he's on the top line, he's always going to be at risk of getting an assist. I, don't know, I guess risk is the right <laughs> word for a good thing. <laughs> but like, yeah. He's going to be a threat, I should have said. Okay. Nice. Now we're to Montreal. Things are really bad. We've talked about a few teams that aren't scoring any goals. Anaheim, like Columbus, Chicago. Montreal's one of those teams. Only five goals total in their last three games. They took some brutal losses last week. If you were rostering Montreal goalies, you did not have a good time. Uh, Washington, Tampa Bay, and Florida all just like had a time with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they've now lost six games in a row. They barely score. This is not good, okay? Uh, Brad Small on Twitter wanted us to talk about uh, Nick Suzuki. He said, real talk, is Suzuki droppable? He's in a 12-man league. He, le he left listed some categories, including face-off wins, which I guess Suzuki is the center. But anyways, feels silly, but in almost all situations, I see myself benching him over almost anyone. Uh, and yeah, for good reason. Suzuki's done nothing. He actually did have a power play assist on Saturday, which was his first point in six games. He was like over a point per game before the stretch. And the thing is like, all these people, we're prophesizing that Suzuki is like a sell high and he's going to regress and his percentages were too high. And I believed them, you know, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. I didn't think he was going to go to zero. But at this point, like, like, I don't know, like how 
much should we be concerned that this is the new real Nick Suzuki on this Montreal team that's all of a sudden looking especially putrid? I don't think this is like the new real Nick Suzuki. Like we're definitely seeing regression hit here. And, and just to the original question, like I'm in a 12 team league. I don't know how many players are on the roster or how many free agents are out there. So it's hard to say what to do with Nick Suzuki. Um, but I, I wouldn't drop him at this point because you, you know my line, right? And you mentioned it already that Montreal is just not scoring. When a team is not scoring, try not to take that out on individual players. The Habs have scored two goals or less in 10 of their last 11 games. They have a single three-goal game since December 10th. Uh, that's a long run of futility. The team is shooting 7%, which is like not good, uh, which means just shooting percentage regression should help them out of this a little bit. And I like this as a moment uh, to be a buy low for Nick Suzuki, honestly, like same with Cole Caulfield. We've also seen some lineup tinkering happening during this stretch. Like uh, Suzuki has been paired up with Josh Anderson and Joel Armia and Jonathan Druin. And I think this line and like everything I've read and followed for this team says that this team is best when Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc are together, and that hasn't been happening so consistently lately. Uh, like, was Nick Suzuki going to be a 100-point a, player? No, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, is he going to have to be a 50-point player the rest of the season as penance? No, that's not how regression works. Like, yes, Nick Suzuki was not as good as he looked, but he's also not as bad as he looks now either. And I, I still would hope that he can be somewhere around a 70-point pace, even on a Montreal team that might not score a whole lot of goals. Yeah, I was talking to a Habs fan friend of mine about this whole Kirby Doc off that line situation. And he was just saying that he thinks that Montreal, like their goal is for Doc to be a center. Like they, you know, Montreal's kind of shallow at, at center. And so like, that's what they want to have happen. Uh, but they just might not be deep enough to be able to support it. So they did go back to Doc playing with Suzuki and Caulfield in the last game. You know what's if you, not... If you can only <laughs> staff one line, lean into that one line. Yeah, I guess. Well, whatever. Right now, nothing they're doing is working. So I might as well just keep... By the way, you know who's like really been bad this year and i shouldn't say like just in terms of the stats Juraj Slavkovsky, like no points in his last eight games i know he's only 18 like but he's a first overall pick like i just i'm starting brian i'm just gonna throw it out there i think that this might have been a whiff this pick i don't know i don't know about this pick of Slavkovsky, but i know know it's early but it's too soon to say that but i think having him spend the year in the league might have been a bit of a whiff like what are you doing playing an 18 year old 12 minutes a night he's not seeing any success I feel like if you want a guy to build and develop his game, playing it at a moment where like he's probably overwhelmed and also not playing with anyone else that's really of any great quality might not be a great way to develop a player. So this is a frustrating start for Slavkovsky. Uh, he seems angry, though. He has uh, had two or more hits in six consecutive games yeah, now. Yeah, Montreal so. never has the puck. So, yeah. yeah, well, he's got to go get it because no one else will. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I just have a bad feeling about this Slavkovsky pick. But okay, let's go to Nashville. Uh, you know what, Brian? We got to give some credit to Philip Forsberg, okay? He had a hat-trick versus Vegas. That was his second straight three-point game, his third straight game with a goal. Before that, Forsberg was pointless in four and was looking like a bit of a bust. Like, I mean, in terms of where he was getting drafted after a 100-point pace season. Do you think at this point we can comfortably say Forsberg's like back on track to approach what he did last year? Or have these three games just been like a blip and what will ultimately be like continue to be like around a 70 point season by the end philip forsberg was never supposed to be on track to repeat the 100 point pace that he had last year so if that's what you're waiting on philip forsberg to do you got to recalibrate here uh like philip forsberg i don't know you can go back and check the tape but i'm pretty sure he's doing basically exactly what we thought he would this year he's not repeating a 50 goal pace which he had last year but he's still exceeding his routine 60 odd point seasons that he was posting before last year's big uh, big show that Forsberg put on. And that was fueled by a near 20% shooting percentage on the power play and some high five on five on ice shooting percentages. Like Philip Forsberg is still really good. And I'd love for him to be more consistent, but like this isn't a roller coaster to ride with Philip Forsberg. It's not, oh, is he a hundred point player? Is he a 60 point player? He's neither. He's someone who lands about in the middle. And, uh, you know, I'm just knowing that around 75 point pace, this is about where Philip Forsberg should land. And maybe sometimes the points come a little more readily and sometimes they are a little harder to find and need to be ready for the points to come and disappear in bunches. But this is this is just Philip Forsberg, Elon. 
Okay, well, good. So then he's doing what we expected, and hopefully you could enjoy the the hot time while it lasts. This is like the Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat story. Like there's going to be the seven good years and then the seven lean years. You better stock up on your points while you can get them. Such a frustrating way if that's how the rest of the season played out. Yeah, well, you got to compress that to a full season. But uh, let's go to New Jersey now. I kind of did a whole breakdown of New Jersey on the stream scheme. They did play since then. And the top two lines have been the same as what I was talking about. So Hughes has been playing with Mercer and Haula. Then Heeshear and Brad have been playing with Tomas Tatar. New Jersey lost to Carolina today. Uh, Blackwood was in net. So he, he actually did okay. He, he stopped uh, 43 of 47. It was a shootout loss. Uh, but probably Blackwood is it continues to be disappointing after like all that promise a couple years ago and as far as those forwards go Tatar had a couple of assists I really like him in that spot I believe some of that came on the power player was it I don't think he's been playing on the top power play anyways but no those were all even strength I'm seeing uh then Howla had himself an assist and then Dawson Mercer had himself an assist like I said on the show those are the three forwards that you potentially look to stream in New Jersey I like Tatar the best of the three but it might be a flip a coin situation. But the main story is, of course, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer each scored goals. Yes, but Brad had two goals and assists. Those are the three like actual primo forwards on the team that are obviously not available in any leagues, and they continue to have great seasons. And then Dougie Hamilton had a, a point also. He's awesome. And then, yeah, my pick would be Tatar out of anyone in New Jersey outside of those guys. Likewise. Uh, yeah, I think that's the whole conversation. Fair. Like n- Neither one is terribly reliable, but Tatar is probably the best. But, like, Dawson Mercer is going to get hard, hot, like, super hot again at one point and then go cold. It'll happen. Yeah, I think Mercer's the biggest risk to, like, just get bumped to the bottom six. So that's why I, I'd be less interested in him. Like, it looks like Tatar has got his lineup spot pretty blocked in for now. The Palat is going to come back soon, so that'll be interesting to see where Palat slots in. I have said on a recent show that I'm not, like, expecting big things from Palat. If you're expecting Palat to come in, like, blow the doors off, per- just my guess. I don't think it's going to happen. But okay. Uh, I think he'll be similar to these other guys I just mentioned, a Haula or a Tatar. Uh, I was going to say, Andy said in the chat here, he, he's liking what he's seeing out of Slavkovsky. He's watched some games. He says, he looks like a young kid in the NHL. Reminds me of the first time Pasternak tried to make it with the big club. So I could be wrong. Okay. I'd love to be. Okay. I'd love for the Habs to have really nailed that pick. And they're also going to get a great pick in this next draft, I'm sure. So who knows what the future holds for this team. They could be really good one day. Uh, let's go to the Islanders, okay? No big changes here. It's all the same. Nelson, Lee, Barzal, Dobson, Sorokin. Those are your studs. They're doing good. I was wrong about Beauvillier a couple weeks ago. Like, he got on the top power play, and he had a big three-point game. Since then, he's done nothing. Beauvillier is nothing, I assume. I think the Islanders are playing today. Uh, it's 1-1. Let's see. Did Beauvillier do something? Is it Seattle versus the Islanders? And Barzal. Oh, Barzal is very good, by the way. Brian, that was really good advice you gave me to trade. He's so good. For Barzal. I wish the rest of my team could learn a lesson from him so that I could have had a chance at a win this week against Jordan. That didn't happen. But nice to see Barzal produce. Oh, and you know who scored? Okay, so Beauvillier, let's yeah. close the book on him. N- nothing. The, the Seattle scoring line so far is very strong for the show right now. Yeah, like let me just... Th- three guys going <laughs> off. Yeah, let me just skip to the Seattle section anyways, because I'm seeing the goal so far was scored by Adam Larson, assisted by Donato and Daniel Sprung. Adam Larson, Brian, is now on a six-game point streak. He had assists in five straight games, and now he's just scored a goal... This is a guy who's like not even supposed to get points. Like he's valuable in fantasy because he gets so many hits and blocks. He's what we're hoping to see from Darnell Nurse. And Adam Larson is doing it. You know, I'm just going to throw it out there. If I saw a trade of Taylor Hall for Adam Larson right now in fantasy one for one, I think that the Larson uh, acquirer like just yeah. like got away with the got away with murder there. That, like or Larson the is looking so good. It's, it's finally <laughs> evened out. Or the goal or, is, the goal is one for one. It, yeah. It, it might even be that Larson is much better than Taylor Hall. Like, I don't know, Brian. Remember all the debates at the start of the year about who's the Seattle defenseman to roster between Vince Dunn or Justin Schultz? The answer was neither. The only Seattle guy rostered in most of my leagues is Adam Larson, and I don't expect him to get... I mean, he's not going to be point per game, obviously. But he, he seems very good. Yeah, he's been doing great. A lot of great peripherals, and this run of consecutive points started uh, just, you know... Uh, about a day after I narrowly missed out on adding him in oh, the, in my couple of, yeah. So frustrating. Have. But that like, I, like, it should have been like, he should have been rostered for a long time already. 
Yeah, and, like, I couldn't have even, like, proclaimed myself a genius and been like, oh, I knew this was coming. I didn't. Like, I just wanted the peripherals, but that points are coming with them. Really beautiful. Really lovely. All these points have still only put Larson on a 35-point pace, which is still a 10-point improvement on his pace from the previous year, which was also a 10-point improvement on the 15-point pace that Larson put up the last time he was in Edmonton in 2020-21. But I guess what this does is it just puts Adam Larson on the map for anyone who hadn't noticed his peripherals and sees his points and is going to add him for his points and enjoy those peripherals after the points do uh, do trail off again at some point. But uh, it's a it's a real nice little run. Tidy piece of business here happening for Adam Larson and a lot of random Seattle guys. Yeah, well, I just think that Larson, in a league like the Cupful, where we give like 0.5 for a block, we give 0.5 for a shot, which he does take some shots. Like Larson, I think, is a hold. Like he's like got a floor of like two Cupful points per game, even if he doesn't get any points. And he seems like he could get a point every couple games. So yeah, that season average, if you have Larson, I don't think you're looking at him as like a short-term thing. I think that I really regret not having jumped on him, like a lot of people. Uh, okay, but let's do also a hot streak and a cold streak here since we're here. And yeah, the assist on this Larson goal, one of them went to Daniel Sprong, who has been scoring a lot of goals lately. Six goals in his last eight games after potting another versus Edmonton on Friday. Now he has an assist today. So that's the hot streak on Seattle that I want to get your take on. And then on the flip side, we've got Andre Burakovsky, who is so cold. Like he was looking like a point per game. Well, not looking like he was producing like a point per game guy for most of the season. But all of a sudden, he's hit a wall like he has only one assist in his last seven games going into today we're like halfway through this game still no points for burakovsky i'll update live on the show i'll interrupt whatever you're saying if burakovsky gets a point at some point but in the meantime yeah sprung hot burakovsky cold do you think either of these streaks are sustainable one in a good way one in a bad way no i don't that's the easy answer thank you for setting me up for like a really nice simple question that answers both of them in one word daniel sprung uh we I don't know if anyone remembers, but he's uh, he's in that graveyard of failed Sidney Crosby line mates uh, on that top line in Pittsburgh before Brian Rust ended up winning. And then I know Elon losing that job. Uh, Sprung has six goals in his last eight games on 20 shots. So he's shooting 30%. And honestly, I think it's an accomplishment that Sprung has taken two and a half shots per game, which he's been doing, I don't know, for like a week, maybe two weeks before this little run began. Um he also saw, like, something I'm watching for Sprung is he was playing 10 to 12 minutes a night. And then in the last game against Edmonton on Friday, he played just under 18 minutes. So that's, uh, I'm curious to see if Sprung keeps getting more ice and what he does with it. If he does, maybe he can keep putting some shots on goal too. And he's on, uh, like, one half, like, of the power play situation in Seattle as well right now. So not not a bad guy to to maybe grab in a deep enough league to be like, oh, yeah, this this could continue. I'm not, I'm not dropping... I'm not making a big drop for Daniel Sprung, but if I have an empty spot on my roster, I'm looking to fill it, and I have room, like Seattle only plays Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday this upcoming week. If I have a spot and I'm in a deep enough league, I will consider Daniel Sprung. I I don't think he's like a for real hold all the rest of the way, but see how long he keeps doing this for and at least gets you a couple shots on the way if he doesn't pick up that goal. By the way, we do have an update, but it is not a Burakovsky point. But we do have a power play goal, Brian, from the power play savior of the Nashville Predators a couple years ago, according to you, Ellie Tolvanen. Is this his first game with Seattle and he just scored a power play goal? Wow. Power play specialist, Ellie Tolvanen. He's going to rescue the Seattle power play now that he... It wasn't me who said that. I was quoting... Other okay, sources. I, it's not shade. I, like yeah. this is very exciting. Also, Tolvanen, I was excited for him to finally get a game with this team because he was like a high pedigree prospect. Was a first first rounder back in 2017 that was looking decent in Nashville until he totally fell off the map. And now, yeah, this is his first game with Seattle. And yeah, power play goal. Look at that. So maybe in your deeper leagues, if you're looking at Daniel Sprung, maybe also look at Ellie Tolvanen, who's just going to power play goal. All these Seattle guys are like the Spider Mans pointing at each other. Every one of them is the same. It's like either like all of them could do absolutely nothing, could do something. They all have similar ice time. They all have similar deployment. I'm pretty sure they all look the same, too. It's, a, it's really frustrating when like last week Seattle had a good schedule and trying to pick a Seattle guy. Like now you're like, oh, maybe you want Tolvin in instead of Sprung or along with Sprung. And if you're asking me to decide between the two, Elon, I can't. This, this is like the flattest deployed team that's that I don't know I, that I think I can remember. 
Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It's annoying because the downside is so huge. Like you pick up, it's a, clearly I have some experience with this this season. You pick up the one guy has as good a chance as any other guy. He goes for a cardio session. The other guy puts up a couple goals. Yeah, I've, I've held on to a Jared McCann all year, and it's been an up and down ride. I think I'm still going to keep holding him. He's a pretty He seems he's like okay. one of the ones worth holding. He and Eberly, Jaden Schwartz, like, I, he's still not practicing. No, Jaden Schwartz, forget him. Jaden like, Schwartz did not practice literally every, <laughs> every day this season. It's always the lines from practice are always including some random in Schwartz's spot with the, with the, with the qualifier. Schwartz did not practice. I don't know what his deal is, yeah. um, but even with some of the best deployment and probably some of the best raw talent on the team, he's doing nothing with it. I really hope Burakovsky does not fade into this group of nothingness that is the Seattle Kraken forward core. Yeah, I don't know. I, Burkowski I also have in the same league, Brian, where I have Tara Vinen, where it's like John and I want to stream. Our team has like a lot of good players. And then we also have like these guys. I, I told who you like, for weeks to drop Tara Vinen. All right. So I even dropped- gave you advice in this league that we're in together after the thing you did with uh, Luokanen earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, well, but you know, when you get advice from someone in the league to drop someone, then you always <laughs> you wonder, I- oh, how much fab are you going to put down? I'm pretty sure I told you I straight up would not. <laughs> I wouldn't even put a bit yeah, on him. That's fair. All right, Brian. So with that, we are about three quarters of the way through the teams in the NHL. So I think it's time for our our final break here. So hope everyone's having a good time. We'll be back soon. You're listening to Keepin' Carlson. We are back and we're going to the New York Rangers who continue to shake things up, including that scratch of Lafreniere in the loss versus Tampa on Friday, which set the world on fire. A lot of news articles and tweets I saw about the Lafreniere scratch. I believe the Rangers are playing again today. Has that game started? Oh, yeah, the Rangers won. They beat Florida. Did Lafreniere play? That's the question now. Uh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, he did play. He played on the line with Heedle and Jimmy VC. And it looks like Lafreniere had no points and only played 11 minutes. So that's another first overall pick that's not looking that great right now, along with Slavkovsky. But who, do you, who would you rather have? Let's say the Sens could get one for free, Lafreniere or Slavkovsky. Who do you want? I'll take Lafreniere. Okay. So we'll How see. How about uh, you? I don't, I, what do I know? I don't know. I'll say Lafreniere also. <laughs> okay. even, though, even though Andy told me in the chat that actually Slavkovsky looks okay. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but Lafreniere, I don't know if he's being mismanaged by the Rangers or if he's just not that good. But anyways, not fantasy relevant, that's for sure. At least in one-year leagues. Uh, Kreider and Panarin were both cold. Looks like Kreider broke out of the slump. He had a goal and an assist today. Panarin, also a goal and an assist. So, I mean, I promise I was going to say on the show that don't worry about Kreider and Panarin. So now we just get to skip it and move on to our next. Steve, I don't have anything really to talk about on the Rangers. Okay, well, one thing about Kreider, let me just toss it in there. It's been six weeks in 21 games since Chris Kreider last scored a power play goal. That's a quarter of a season gone. This was Kreider's bread and butter last year. 26 power plays goals, was always leading the league in that number. Kreider has just four power play goals through 39 games, pacing for not quite nine power play goals, which is a third of last year's total which Kreider got by overshoot. Like, he scored on 40% of the shots he took on the power play. This That wasn't going to last. This year, though, Kreider is is way under what we would expect him at just 10% shooting on the power play. We probably should see him at 20%. Um, but just for anyone wondering, because I know we've had some questions, like, worried about Kreider, and maybe today just doesn't sate you, uh, having the goal and this wow, I think I've used the word sated twice now in this episode. It's a good I, word. It's like short. It's like a short word, but it's like a money word still. Usually, like you sound smart by only using like long words with like five plus letters at least. But yeah. sate, I think, fits the bill. You're right. It's a really strong four letter word. Kreider uh, looks as dangerous in every way on the power plays as he has in the past. Same shooting location, same expected goals, just like minus the success. So the numbers say he should be doing better. Not like he was never like Forsberg. Kreider was not supposed to repeat last year's success, but he should still be doing better. And it's great that Kreider's still on a 63 point pace when I would have said like, yeah, maybe 70 points this season and like upside for more, of course. But if everything regresses, 70 points for Kreider and he's still within spitting distance of that. So maybe a buy low while Kreider's cold. Like he's not going to go another 21 games without a power play goal. You should get one every seven or eight games, not like every four games on average like he did last year. So if that still sounds good to you, maybe you could kick ties. Also, Lafreniere, just quickly, maybe a good buy low uh, in a keeper dynasty situation. Like maybe a window is open with that scratch for you to swoop but in. You, but are you seeing a reason like why you expect No, to I don't. No, I, I have nothing to go on here aside from like there's pedigree. Sure. And But like he looked so good before he came into the league. Yeah, well. 
Those were easier leagues. But yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess but so. like, but his his first overall hype was was big. It For was like above time, average yeah. first overall hype. Yeah. Um, so let's go to Ottawa now. A guy named Jacob Lucini scored a power play goal today. Do you know this person, Brian, as an Ottawa Senators fan? As an Ottawa Senators follower, I do not know Jacob Lucini. Well, he scored a power play goal today, assisted by Brassard and Claude Giroux. It's his fifth I see him game. listed as, as Jake Lucini. Okay, well, I'm seeing him on, on Frozen Pools as Jacob Lucini. But either oh. way, uh, five games now. This is his first point. He's 27 years old. I do not 23 know this points person. in uh, 25 games with Belleville so far this year. So I guess he earned the call up. Okay. I don't, I undrafted out of college. That's all. Oh, born uh, 10 years after me to the day. Okay. Birthday I feel boy. Some, Birthday he's, buddy. he's a good looking, like it's a nice picture too. Hey, you know, you're not too uh, shabby looking yourself. Thanks. Uh, another good looking guy, Tim Stutzla returned from injury last week or a couple weeks ago. I don't know, since the last time we recorded, he's been very good points and four straight going into today. And I see he scored also the opening goal today, assisted by Giroux. Uh, so yeah, just Tim Stutzla in, was drafted in the same Superstar. draft as Lafreniere. And I think yeah. at this point, if there's a redraft, Stutzla is definitely going ahead of Lafreniere. Stutzla's up to what, 32 points in 33 games. I think it's not even a question, right? You take, no. you probably take him over Byfield also. Yeah, Schutzler goes first overall in a 2020 redraft ahead, and like Lucas Raymond came right after. I'd still like there's nobody uh, in this draft that I want more, or honestly that I could see myself wanting more than Tim Schutzler. He's awesome. He's legit. He's got he's arrived. He's got really cool hair on uh, Frozen Pools. His profile picture there is just like I don't know how much time he put into it, but it was it was worth every minute. This is like Uncle Jesse from Full House hair. But okay. (laughs) Let's go now to uh, Philly. So Carter Hart has been hurt. Uh, apparently he'll be back soon. Uh, Sam Erson had two big wins versus San Jose and LA earlier in the week. I thought that like Sandstrom was the backup, but I guess uh, it was maybe one of those situations. Where, and I don't know. So someone could correct me if I'm wrong here. I thought it was one of those situations where it's like the better goalie is in the minors, but they let the backup be like the worst goalie so that the better goalie can get more games. But because Carter Hart was obviously at the starter and going to play the most of the games. Anyways, who knows? But it doesn't really matter, right? It's not fantasy relevant. Once Carter Hart is back, then Erson or Sandstrom room doesn't really matter uh uh, kevin hayes is a guy that we've been asked about a lot on philly he's ice cold continues to be a tortorella's doghouse he's now pointless in three games only saw 13 minutes and 51 seconds and then 14 minutes and 40 seconds in his last two games which were both wins by the way so i don't see a reason why tortorella is going to change his deployment of hayes uh, interestingly, Hayes has been playing on a line with Scott Lawton, who seems like a Tortorella favorite, and Lawton's been getting a lot of points. He has five points in his last three games after a goal and assist versus LA in the last game. So, Brian, where was Hayes? Has he just been on the ice and, you know, not getting assists? Or is it a situation where he's been benched a lot more than Scott Lawton because Tortorella hates him? Well, maybe and, a bit of both. Like, yeah, and also, I guess the, the bigger question is, what do you do if you're a Hayes manager? Because he was like well, a point-per-game yeah. guy before the stretch. And it's frustrating enough to try and project fancy like fancy numbers and players, uh, let alone how hard it is to project how much John Tortorella will like someone, which like we didn't see this coming with Kevin Hayes. Is that, like, it, it feels ugly. Like, I don't... Anyway, I, it's it's unseemly. It really is. It's really unfortunate. And Kevin Hayes, I feel like, has a good reputation, like, over the years as being, like, a sta- whatever. Um, Hayes, to your question, Elon, uh, over the last six games, Hayes has only been the ice for two on the ice for two goals scored. So there's not a whole lot of opportunity to get points when you are on the ice for one goal every three games. And you can choose to blame Hayes for that, which I'm sure Tortorella does. Or you can choose to say he is a victim of circumstance. As for uh, Scott Lawton, a.k.a. Scotty to Lottie, he's been amazing. And Elon, you know what? He's not He's not scoring points at five on five to do this well. He's also not scoring points on the power play to do this well. That's right. Scott Lawton is doing this short-handed. That's why he's on our radars right now. Four ah. short-handed points for Scott Lawton in his last six games. Four points at any situation is something Scott Lawton hasn't done in any yeah in any situation combined for the entirety of his eight plus year career. And four short-handed points is also something most players who see like big penalty kill deployment don't do over 82 games. So he's done it now in six games, four short-handed points, winning uh, winning league single-handedly that have the shorthanded points category uh fun run from scotty Tulati, but that's how he's doing it and it's not sustainable but it has been uh it's been fun to watch see another guy in philadelphia appear on our radar when i hear lottie i think of atlanta 
I don't know. That was a good show, by the way. It just uh, finished the... I just finished watching the fourth season. And uh, anyways, that's a random thought that just came to my head. But yeah, good for Scott Lawton. I'm also into, uh, by the way, Owen Tippett. He ended the season with a goal and an assist in two straight games. I'm expecting a big 2023. Just a hunch. The former 10th overall pick, Owen Tippett. I think he's like at the verge of a breakout. and Not a breakout, obviously, but I think same for his linemate, JVR. JVR is looking pretty good since he's come back from injury. And then, well, I'll also mention that Tony D'Angelo. He's been on fire. Three straight multi-point games before his measly one assist game versus LA to end 2022. Here's to get a vibe check here, Brian. I think I brought up Gosses Beher and TDA as like a comparable. Two guys that I feel like are kind of similar in terms of like power plays where they get a lot of their production and they're like decent enough at even strength if not like you know a shorthanded guy definitely uh, like let's say both were available and forget about like obviously personal like side things because i know there's like a whole other situation with tony d'angelo but just in terms of like a player on your team like who's better between d'angelo and gosses bears curious to know if you have an opinion there huh huh who knows how can I, we that's know? A, that's <laughs> that's that's for the scouts and gms to tell us elon i think um Okay, so if the question is offensively, I think it's close. If it's all around, I think it's Goss Despair. Like, D'Angelo's defense is atrocious. Uh, when he's on the ice, teams are 14 more... Uh, there, there's a there's a 14% jump in expected goals against per yeah. 60 minutes. Uh, that's coming from HockeyViz.com. So, uh, yeah, D'Angelo is not good to... Which, which would think... You'd think would put him on Tortorella's uh, not-it list unfortunately or sorry fortunately for anybody having d'angelo that hasn't been the case he has uh he d'angelo's been on the ice for nine goals in his last four games he has points on eight of those which is a like basically this whole run he's on and and all of them coming at five on five except for one so uh a lot of production coming here from d'angelo good time to maybe sell high like he, he was in a real funk before this too and i would expect to see more funk than spunk from D'Angelo the oh, rest wow. of the way. <laughs> I like, like him. That. I don't know. It was funny. It was a funny turn of phrase, but I, I like him better than you do, I think. Like, I don't think he's going to be like multi-point games every game, but I think he's like a solid top power play. Defenseman is going to continue to be worth rostering. I guess it depends who you can get for him. Uh, by the way, we had a question in the chat here from Norm. So do we have permission to drop Hayes? Then Brian, you asked for who? And then Norm was saying a couple Hayes for Rasmussen. Am I being too like trigger happy here to say I'd do that? I would drop Hayes for Rasmussen no, right now? I would also do that. If this is your bottom roster spot and it's Kevin Hayes, like someone you can stream out, uh, then and you're likely to continue streaming the spot. Then yeah, I don't think I'd hold I'd hold on too tightly to Kevin Hayes. Yeah, my concern is like a like I said he's on a cold streak, but b they're winning these games while he's getting bad deployment, and it looks like this like Tippett Frost JVR line is looking good. So it's not like Hayes is like the you know when Couturier was hurt and we were like, well now I guess Hayes is like the number one center and he's gonna play, but now he's not getting enough deployed as a number one center, and it's they've had other players prove that they can maybe take that role. So yeah, I'm less into him now, and like Tortorella is gonna be the coach, right? He's not gonna get fired mid season in his first year there. All right, let's go now. So we did Pittsburgh. So we go to San Jose. Rough schedule next week. Only two games. What are we doing with Barabanov, Brian? We, you and I both have him on, in the cupful. He's been good. He scored a goal yesterday. I'm seeing he scored a goal again today in this game versus Chicago. Chicago, by the way, is losing 5-2 to two to San Jose. Seth Jones, still no points. Not surprising. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm like hating on Seth Jones now. Patrick Kane has a goal. Up his trade value. But... Yeah, so Barabanov, another point. He's like getting great deployment on the top line. Well, I don't know if it's on the top line. He's played with Meyer. It was with Hurdle. They they split up Hurdle and Meyer. I don't even get what they're doing with that, but it's been Couture, Barabanov, and Meyer recently. And then Barabanov's also on the top power play. So, I mean, on San Jose, you basically have Hurdle, Meyer, Couture, and Eric Carlson. They've, they've basically you're... thrown Hurdle on the island that's off the top line. I guess, like, Couture wasn't succeeding as right. well so they're like okay we need someone better than couture to be alone with nobodies on our quote-unquote second line and I, I that's my guess about what's happened yeah fair enough but yeah so in terms of like fantasy like i said there's those like four big names and then there's barabanov who i feel like is like a tweener he's not very like loved on, on yahoo he's only like five percent roster which makes me think maybe i'm like the crazy person here but i like him like he's been worth holding as far as i'm concerned but now for two games next week on a team, Especially I, I need to win on a busy on a busy yeah. Thursday too. Yeah, what do we do? Are we holding? 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy we're having this conversation because I, I actually I have a lot of trash on my roster right now. Like I have some other options that might be pretty easy drops before Barabanov. The thing with Barabanov is he he plays well enough to hold a spot on your roster, but not so well that you don't feel like he's undroppable. Um, like he sort of, you know, scores points in bunches, puts up a few shots here and there, and then goes a little quieter. It's so like this sort of inconsistent kind of production, even with great deployment, which makes me feel like his ceiling is not that high, right? Like, what he's on a 55-point pace this season. That's exactly what it feels like he's on uh, with him on my fantasy roster. I feel like I would... I don't know. Like, I'm scarred from the Lekkonen decision I made earlier. I don't think this is going to bite me the same way it does. So right. I, I'm, I'm leaning... If he was the absolute bottom roster player and I needed to add games, yeah, I would drop him without really looking back. But I need to sort of weigh him against the other. Like, I have Kirby Doc and Max Domi, and Dylan Dubé on my roster. And I kind of need to rank all these guys in terms of the order I'm going to drop them. And I just think I, I'll be out of moves before I actually get to the move where I need to drop um, drop Barabanov. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm holding. I don't know. Like, I know he hasn't been, like, amazing, amazing, but I think he's, like, worth a hold. But like you said, if you, you said you could drop him and not look back, I think the advice would be if you drop him, like, do look back. Like, try to get him back once the this bad week is over and he has a better schedule next week, if you can, of course. Uh, yeah, then, but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that you could. Like, we yeah. couldn't with Lekkanen, and Lekkanen wasn't doing well at the time. So I, I expect, like, Barabanov is worth rostering. It's just a matter of how, how much you need his current spot to turn out games to mm-hmm. put you over this week. And then, of course, another, like the key guy that he's playing with a lot is Eric Carlson, because Eric Carlson plays all the minutes on San Jose. Uh, he had an assist on Saturday that extended his point streak to 12 games. I see he has two assists today, so make that a 13-game point streak. Pacing for, well, I wrote here, pacing for 110 points. I guess he's pacing for even more now after two more points today. No question, just stating. Carlson, we the had best. A, he's the best. We had a f- funny comment in our Discord server from Gary who, uh, who go, I don't think his real name is Gary because his picture is of Gary Bettman. Anyway, okay. he wrote, like, it's like, I still don't understand what San Jose was doing, like, getting, like, why do you get Carlson when you have Burns? It's like chaining two racehorses together because you think it'll make them go twice as fast. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. And now we're seeing uh, Carlson unchained. It's fun. Yeah, I just hope he can stay healthy. That's my main concern. I'm not concerned yeah. anymore about him, like, slowing down offensively. I'm just, like, taking it. And if someone hurts him like i'm you got you're i'm coming after you okay like any player who was that guy on like pittsburgh who hurt his achilles way back in the day cook matthew cook i hated that guy i hated that guy yeah we all nobody better matt cook eric carlson or i'll be like extremely angry but okay seattle we've done and they've scored another goal oliver brookstrand look at him finally getting on the board one of of those yeah i dropped him hours ago well you could have had uh, a goal wouldn't have mattered. Okay. Uh, let's go to St. Louis now. Uh, bad luck for Vladimir Tarasenko. Just came back from this illness just to get hurt on Saturday. And now he has an upper body injury. So who knows how long he'll be out for. Uh, with a 5-2 loss to Minnesota, we got to expect that there's going to be a new set of lines for St. Louis tomorrow. With Tarasenko out, coming off a bad loss. Too bad. He had seven points in five games before this injury. Similar to Tori Krug, who was hot and then he got hurt. Uh, so what are you going to do if you're the Blues? Uh, bad luck injuries. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say much. Maybe that, this could be a short shifts discussion for next week once we see the new lines for St. Louis. But probably it's just going to end up being like Ryan O'Reilly. I thought that he maybe was going to turn things around once he uh, got better line mates, but it didn't work out. He did nothing over his last couple of games. So that was a wasted ad for me in the cookupful. Uh, but yeah, St. Louis is like, we know who's good at this point. So there's not really much to discuss here. Uh, so let's go to Tampa Bay, Brian. We had new lines for the 5-3 win over Arizona. Kucherov, Point, and Hagel. So that's been the line for a while. But Stamkos it was playing with Killorn and Sorelli. And if you recall before, it was Stamkos with like Nick Paul and, and Ross Colton. So I guess uh, now we got... And Killorn and Sorelli were in the bottom six and they were available in a lot of my leagues. And I thought, well, what am I going to add a bottom six guy on Tampa? And all of a sudden now these guys are second liners. But, you know, playing with Steven Stamkos this is amazing. So for anyone who was leaving these guys at free agency due to them being in the bottom six, now may be a good time to take a shot, especially with Tuesday, Wednesday to start the week in terms of schedule. So the Tampa Bay, like I said, they're playing Tuesday, Wednesday. So if you grab like a Killorn or a Sorelli, you get two games that you can drop to grab someone who plays like Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Anyways, that's like if you really want to game the schedule like that. Anyways, Nick Paul now is a total snoozer, right? 
Yeah, Nick Paul is a total snoozer. He was basically a snoozer while playing with Stamkos. He's definitely a snoozer now that he's off of there. Uh, but if you do add Sorelli or Cologne, you're getting Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday if you hold him through a, a busy Thursday. Um, the thing with Sorelli is, remember when we said, like, uh, we're not at all interested, we just dismissed him outright, and then he scored six points in his first five games of the season? Sorelli's followed that up with one goal and no assists in his last seven games, putting up 16 shots. His so you're saying he's due been, to go on another run, basically. Well, that's one way to look at it. His line mates have been all over the place. I'm not 100. Like, he's spent two games now with Killorn and Stamkos after spending most of the season to this point with, like, Patrick Maroon and Ross Colton and a little bit of... Braden Point and Vlad's like his line mates are all over. I don't even know my, my hesitation with running to add Sorelli or Colorn so the lines are going to change again by the time that they play Tuesday but he also won't be available if you wait that long so uh, you can go ahead and make a gamble on Sorelli playing in a in a good spot with Steven Stamkos which is not a guaranteed production spot but if you can get a couple extra GP out of him there it's not a not a bad bet to take in a deep enough league yeah, but definitely if you're going to take someone and you have the option between Sorelli and the guy I'm going about to mention on Toronto, it's an easy choice. You got to go Callie Yarncroft. Brian, you've always loved Callie Yarncroft. So you must be especially happy to see this production. I remember back when he was on Nashville, you would bring him up on the show anytime he had a couple of games with a point. Now here he is getting that primo spot with Tavares and Marner. This is not even Tavares and Nylander. This is Tavares and Marner. And no shade on Nylander, by the way. He's having an, an insane season himself. But Yarncroft has gotten that top six spot and he's not a curve okay he's not a nick robertson he's holding this spot he's crushing it. he has seven points down his last five games every game he gets a point he's got points in four five games in a row now i'm seeing after his assist versus colorado probably unsustainable like we don't need to like get into like oh does he have a too high of an on-ice shooting percentage like yeah he's probably not gonna be a point per game but come on he's hot he's on a great line how can we not say like my question to you is Yarncroc and Rasmussen? Let's say they're both out there. Who are we going for between those two? Both on a good line and producing. I'm gonna go Rasmussen just because at least like there seems to be some big shot potential for him, and I see more of a path to him staying in the top six than Yarncroc. Uh, it's a nice little run Yarncroc is on though, so way to go, good for him. I mean, we like Alex Kerfoot in this position or Nick, you know, we'll try anybody playing with such great line mates in Toronto. So why not go ahead and grab Callie yarn Yeah. Not much to say here. Go get him. I'm confident to say, like if you're in a deep enough league, you probably want to just go get him. Okay. And then worry about it later. Tweet at us at keeping Carlson. If you're not sure who to drop, I, I would drop Kevin Hayes. Like, I mean, if you're in a league where yarn available, I bet you, you can drop Hayes and no one will grab him because it seems like a league where people aren't that, like quick on the trigger anyways with free agents or else why is Callie Crocs still out there okay let's go to Vegas so Eichel's still out I think he's skating I don't know Hopefully he's skating he's he skated in a in a contact jersey today are you sure it wasn't like a family skate and, <laughs> and there's been no, a photo? There's been no update that this was team photo or family <laughs> skate related. Okay. So hopefully he'll be back soon. In the meantime, like Stone and Stevenson, I would have thought like, what do I know? Right. Like I have these dumb thoughts. Like I think, Oh, the superstar center of this line is injured. That might not be good for Stone and Stevenson. It might be a bit of a step down for them to play with Michael Amadio instead. Silly me. No, they're better than ever. Stone had three assists versus Nashville. It's 10 points in his last five games. Now Steven, a goal and two assists in that game. He's like point per game still. He's not slowing down. And then this guy, Michael Amadio, who took Eichel's spot, he's like doing like almost as good as Eichel did. Like six point streak right now, eight points in his last six games. Probably better than Eichel if you just look at those six games. Uh, not saying that Eichel is worse than Michael Amadio. But uh, I guess if we're looking at these streamers, and obviously the, the difference here is that with Yarncroc and Rasmussen, they've been holding this spot and not... Well, I guess Rasmussen technically also there's been injuries. We don't know how that things will play out. We know for sure. We'll do... Okay. Let me actually get a sentence out here. Do we know for sure that Amadio gets bumped when Eichel comes back? Maybe this line is doing so well that Vegas can keep Amadio with Stevenson and Stone and, and Eichel can go play with Marcia So or, or Riley Smith. Like, I mean, there's lots of good people. You know, they don't have to stick with uh, Eichel, Stone, and Stevenson, right? So I'm curious to know, like, how good yeah. is this Michael Amadio, like... <laughs> Are you? I, I feel like you should probably also got to rush to add him if he's available for now, right? So I would I would want him for as long as Eichel's out. But Elon, I think when Eichel's back, I, I don't see really a whole lot of upside for Amadia. So if you're going to get a game from him before Eichel's back, good, go get that game. But I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it lasting. Um, maybe Eichel could play could center Riley Smith and Phil Kessel while Amadia stays on the top line. But Amadia, like this, is also. 
it's been great. He's been shooting a lot, right? 16 shots over his last five games. That's a nice uh, little piece of production there. Four goals on those 18 shots. Sorry, check that. 18 shots over his last five games. Uh, so, like, that's not going to keep up. Amadio's not going to keep being this good on the top line for much longer. So, I'd, uh, Elon, I like him for as long as he's on the top line. But the second Eichel comes in, I see Michael's back. And then you can drop Amadio back into the free agent pool where he belongs. Okay, by the way, I wanted to mention something about the schedule. I just remembered now, uh, like Norm is reminding me in the chat that Toronto plays four times versus Detroit playing three times next week, though Detroit actually has more off-day games. So it depends on like actually who you can fit in. But Toronto uh, is playing against some sweet like competition. I should mention, they play Seattle, St. Louis, Detroit, and Philly. So I could definitely see Toronto scoring a lot of goals next week. So that's another reason to jump on Cali Yarn Croc if you're being hesitant there. Like this could be a really sweet week for the Leafs to score a lot of goals. All right, let's uh, finish this off here. We're going to Vancouver now. Apparently everyone hates JT Miller. There was that clip going around of him yelling at Colin Delia to get out of the net, uh, you know, because he wanted to pull the goalie and everyone was like, oh, F that guy. Oh, the Twitter was very funny when that clip was going. I don't know if you saw it, Brian, but uh, people really hate JT Miller and he's got like this eight year, $8 million contract that hasn't even started yet. So this is like a really bad PR situation for the Canucks right now. And to make matters worse, uh, pointless in three so on one hand you could say it's a good buy low time for jt miller or you can be like if you have him just like i don't know be worried that things are going to keep going downhill like what's your take right now on miller this has not gone well after last year was so amazing yeah i like the whole season for miller has been turbulent though like there's been a lot of he's taken a lot of heat he's invited a lot of heat and he's been pretty productive through most of it anyway so if you can like convince whoever has jt miller to be like oh yeah this time it's not gonna end well I would uh, I would happily grab him, but he has been like overall quieter um, for a little while now. Like he, he like Miller started the season on fire, but even Elon, if we exclude this uh, this three game scoreless streak and we go back, I don't know. Like if we just take like a uh, eleven games a month, just seven points in his last eleven games before this. And if you go back before that, like, I don't know, just at the start of the season, we were seeing like a bunch of multi-point outings. And this season, we're not seeing a bunch of multi-point outings anymore. So I'd be worried that he is just generally slowing down a bit. J.G. Miller's on a 70-point pace um, with 16 power play points, too. So like that part of his game is working out very well. But I'm not... uh, like, you know, we were looking at JT Miller. If everything was happy and going well for him, that's like a, you know, a 100-point pace for JT Miller. But I feel like that is not in the cards with the way this season has been going for him, both on and off the ice. Um, his 5-on-5 production has really fallen this year. Um and I don't see any reason why it should really bounce uh, bounce back a whole lot. Like his on-ice shooting percentage is down from 9% to 6%. So that'll help reclaim some of what he's lost. Maybe put him up to a point per game player. But I, I don't see that 100-point upside still holding with JT Miller from what we've seen from him this year. Oh, man. The Canucks, man. They just... Because they made that terrible trade getting Oliver ekman Larson, which really handcuffed them. Every time. I feel like every time we talk about what's going wrong with the Canucks, then we have... We, you, we repeat the entire laundry list. Yeah, man. But, but like, we could go on. Well, I we mean, like, just... looking to the future... Bo Horvat is a unrestricted free agent. Yeah, like are they now? They're not going to be able to bring back their like heart and soul because they are too locked into JT Miller, who everybody hates. It's so bad. Which is like the problem with the other like Louis Erickson and Tyler Myers contracts, which is that they couldn't actually make improvements to their team because they were saddled with these others. But this one seems this seems worse. Kuzmenko is also a UFA. He's obviously going to need a big raise, uh, and I don't think the Canucks are going to be able to keep either of these guys. Yeah. So. That's a shame. Okay, let's go to uh, Washington here. So Eric Gustafson, like, okay, just stop right now. You don't even need us to talk about him. Go grab him, for sure. Like, over all these other ones, over Yarncroc, Rasmussen, whoever, okay? Eric Gustafson is the real deal right now, in my opinion. He had a goal in assist versus Montreal in that crazy blowout. He has 13 points in his last seven games. John Carlson's out long-term after being struck in the face with a puck. Wishing him the best. Looks like it might be a, a while. And while he's out, you want Eric Gustafsson. He's playing with Ovechkin, who is very good. Uh, this team's also about to get back, like Nick- Nicholas Backstrom, like Tom Wilson. Like this team is going to continue to score a lot of goals. Gustafsson's going to be the top power play quarterback. You want the top power play quarterback on Washington, especially if he's as red hot as Eric Gustafsson has been. So there's no question, right, Brian? Just like you need him, and it's crazy if he's even still available in your league. You're probably in a clown league, and you better win. 
Yeah. So like a week ago, I had a choice between Moritz Sider and Eric Gustafsson to add. And this is like a limited ads league. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the long-term choice here. Gustafsson's hot. Obviously, I made the wrong choice. Like I went with Sider and uh, someone else took Gustafsson right after. Yeah. So I've I've missed out on all these points. Like it's going to take Sider a month to put up the points that Gustafsson has put up. Yeah, I hope. Exactly. Especially because goals are worth more. And uh, Gustafsson has six goals somehow in his last seven games. So uh, an exciting renaissance here for Gustafsson. Remember, he was in Chicago and then like very briefly Calgary, Philadelphia, Montreal and everywhere. Like, could he? And then we started giving up and be like, no, he can't. And here he is showing up in Chicago. Uh, So way to go, Eric Gustafsson. Way to be good again. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting for him. I thought his career was maybe like over and now he's a superstar. Uh, oh, by the way, nice to see Kuznetsov back with Ovechkin. Uh, Kuznetsov had three assists yesterday in that game where Ovi got the hat trick. We're looking at 17 points in the last 14 games for Kuznetsov, turning into like a great buy low for anyone who jumped on him after his slow start. I was actually offered Kuznetsov for Ricard Raquel right around the time Brian we talked on the podcast about how Raquel took over on the top power play. And then in my uh, couple division, I got that offer and I kind of scoffed. I was like, I don't want Kuznetsov, I, Raquel's doing so well lately. I think I blew it. <laughs> like, like a lot of moves. Like Kuznetsov, like Raquel's fine, but Kuznetsov's looking really good. I guess we'll see what happens when Backstrom is back. Maybe that could still go either way. But uh, who do you like rest of the season between Raquel and Kuznetsov? Forgetting about position eligibility. I think I'll take Kuznetsov. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, and I'll also mention Connor Sherry being the third wheel on that line with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. Uh, that's a very good spot to be, right? Seven points in his last four games. We'll see what happens once Wilson and Backstrom come back. But at this point, maybe just like I was saying with some of these other teams, why would they mess with a good thing? Like things are going well. Wilson and Backstrom could play together on a line with someone else. I don't know. Mantha. Who else is there? There's other people there that, for those guys to play with. So that's my Washington rundown. Winnipeg. Ugh. Like uh, there. A lot of injuries. Wheeler apparently is skating, and they, they could use him, right? So watch out for Blake Wheeler. If he's out there in free agency for you, you could stash him right now. It looks like he'll be back in like maybe a week or two. And he was on such a crazy run before he got hit in the nether regions. So I'm expecting, assuming he comes back 100%, he'll just keep that going, right? Yeah, well, I don't know if he could continue that crazy run, but like a 60-point pace is a, seems safe to hope for from Wheeler. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, Brian, that's it. We've gone through the entire NHL. What a blast. Okay, and hopefully now everyone feels totally up to date and everything going on, even if you're like hungover from the holidays, you haven't been paying attention. Hopefully this episode did the trick. Let us know what you thought. I hope you like it. We put a lot of work into this episode and uh, I don't know. I think it was good, but I need you to tell me. So tweet at us at Keeping Carlson or if you're a patron, we'd love to hear from you in the KK episode discussion Discord channel. Uh, we're, we're definitely open to feedback if you think there's things we could be doing better. Of course, if you like the show, we'd love a follow on Twitter. We'd love a subscription on wherever you listen to your podcast or hey, even in multiple places. You know, subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify and Google. Why not, right? You'll download us, our episodes all over the place. Uh, if you want us support the show with your wallet a very small amount right we ask for like the smallest amount of anything on patreon right like five bucks a month us it's like and we give you everything we don't even discern right any perk we come up with we throw it to the patrons so i think it's a pretty good deal and we also thank the patrons for making it a good deal by making our community so amazing so anyone who joins has a really good experience if you ever have fantasy hockey questions you want to ask like a hive mind of the best and brightest including of course brian and myself who always are going to go answer your advice question so Give it a consideration. You could obviously quit any time if you're not liking it. So it's a pretty low stakes uh, gamble to take. So check out keepingcarls.com slash patron. But with that, Brian, I am done here. So let's cue the outro music and take us out with the credits. All right. This episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and powered by our patrons, including our super supporters, Aaron, Tyler, Andrea, Tom, Ryan, Derek, David, Ricard, and of course, Patty. Thank you to Kevin A. Bear, our couple coordinator, KUPFL.com, to find out more about our incredible 600-manager fantasy league, where we are making sure everyone's active. Like, it's a, like, we're helping, we're offering support, and if someone needs a team to, if someone's like, hey, something's come up, I can't take over, we have people on the wait list who get to take over the team. Boom, bam, everyone's active, everyone's competing all season long. So thanks to Kevin and our amazing team of co-commissioners for helping well, make that fair, happen. We, we try our best. Like, sometimes there's a bit of a lag there. Like, don't don't be like, oh, someone left their player on the bench. But we notice it. At least at least we notice it and, and we act on it. But it's and if you tell us about it, if we if you, if you we don't notice it, you can disrupt that lag and yeah. let us know. Well, we, we do have the roster bot that is every day calling out anyone. So we, we know it all. We see what's happening. 
We know all, we see all. Thanks, Kevin, and our co-commissioners who know all and see all and hear all as well for us. Thank you. Uh, thanks to you, Elon and Shams, for the amazing stream of fantasy news at GameDayTweets.com. Including that uh, news today about the practice or the family skate that uh, Jeff yeah. and went to. Yeah, well, that's huge. Yeah, so you got to go subscribe to Game Day News NHL if you want gold like that to know what's going on. Follow our other shows on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK and at NHL Stream Scheme. Logo art by BrendanWeeb.com. Outro music by Pat Roach. This episode was researched with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Tools. Sorry, I'm laughing because Andy just admitted in the chat that he muted Rosterbot. Hey, if I, you're always Ross... Hey, look, regardless of if you muted or not, if you get tagged in it, you'll see that. Just don't get tagged. You don't need to see Rosterbot. Rosterbot is for, for the commissions. And I guess anyone who wants to just be a voyeur and see who's being bad this holiday season who's been naughty <laughs> this, this, is, this is how elon feels about anyone who does not set their lineups you've been bad you've been naughty and it's honestly one of the reasons why i think a couple is the greatest fantasy Look, and i think it's not hard league. to set your lineup right like i'm not asking you Sometimes to like make the brilliant decisions like i understand you're busy you've got family you press the button so that you don't have active players on your benches and it's not asking much right he knows when you are rostering i don't know there's okay, a better we'll, song we'll we get could, lewis we to write that for us oh shams in the chat knows if we are active or not i don't know I think we're on to something here okay who else did i use to research this show dabber prospects natural stat trick evolving hockey cat friendly the athletic hockeygoalies.org hockey reference hockey vs hockey database elite prospects and yeah who great job as always brian this was so much fun Thanks again to everyone for listening. We've got a couple short shifts episodes coming at you this week, including a special guest, Jeremy Versillo, who is a very knowledgeable, uh, I think, as former tier one competitor, one of our uh, moderators in our Discord. You're going to enjoy hearing him and Lewis on short shifts this week as Ben takes a bit of a break. Uh, so yeah, we've got a lot coming at you. And then before you know it, another mega episode next Sunday. Brian, while we enjoy all that content and start the new year, what kind of New Year's resolution would you recommend people make? Uh, yeah, if you haven't been doing it already, it'd be great if you started with us now or continued with us now to do all that you can to make sure that fantasy hockey is for everyone. <laughs>